let's just right now where we are, Lord, we lift up Nelson Willis, and we are praying that you give the doctors wisdom. We pray that you will bless him. We lift up Gip, Mr. Gibson. We all call him Gip. And just pray that you will help him. Ms. Andrea Kamai, we lift up in a special way. We give your name the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I won't be before you too long. And so I want to briefly take you to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, beginning in verse 27. Last week, we, we spent time dealing on the, uh, on, the, on the idea of the resurrection of a little girl. 12-year-old, and I didn't spend a lot of time with the woman with the issue of blood as I preached on her, not, well, back in 2014, but it seemed like it was sooner than that, but I addressed that matter, but I spent time talking about Jesus as he went to go heal this girl. We are now at the place where the Lord has moved on from there, and we are now at another miracle of Jesus. So let me read for you, and with you, Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 27. And this is how it reads. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. As a title, I would like to give you, were we supposed to keep quiet? Were we supposed to keep quiet? Rondell was here with us on Thursday with his sling. Didn't tell us he was going into surgery today. What time is the surgery, Leticia? Oh, he's in recovery. Thank you, Lord, for bringing him out. Now, may he recover. Amen. 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 I was asking Rondell how he was driving his car and how he was getting dressed. He told me on his, his, at his house and his, his, his kind of leaned over to put his shirt on and kind of work his way into it. <laughs> I told him that on Thursday we were going to leave for him to take all the tables and put up all the chairs then at the center for Saturday. <laughs> Were we supposed to keep quiet? In the passage before us, we see an an interesting situation with the healing of two blind men. These two blind men, they are not Bartimaeus and the other man as Jesus was heading out of Jericho before he was going to die. This is not the same story. Many, some commentators and some people believe that this is the same the situation is different, and, the, and the, the context is a little bit different. Matthew is the only one that records this particular miracle, but it is very closely tied to Bartimaeus. It's very similar, a very similar story. The first point, if you're writing them down, I'm going to encourage you to write down the points today. I have two points, I believe, and as you know, under that several points, but 
Point number one is the blind calling out to Jesus. The blind calling out to Jesus. And you will, the verse primarily is verse 27, the very first verse that we read. As Jesus passed on from the miracle of the man that had come to him and the woman being healed, synagogue rulers, he had passed on from there, Jairus' daughter. Jesus, as you know, let me just make this mention briefly. When Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house, Jesus had told the crowd when the woman had touched him, and they told Jesus that the little girl has now died. The Bible says that Jesus overheard. Another way of saying that Jesus just ignored what they had to say and told Jairus, have faith. Everything's, that's not his word, my paraphrase, everything's going to be okay. And then the Lord, the Bible says that Jesus prevented the crowd from following him except the Father, Peter, James, and John. Up to that point, the crowd was with him. He enters the house, closes the door. In fact, when he gets to the house, tell everybody, then what's all this noise? Matthew says, he said, go away. Get out of here. And this idea of going away, Jesus helped them out the door. Use my sanctified imagination as he kicked the last one out. (laughs) As Jesus heals this girl, raises her from the dead, told the father and the mother, those that were present, the, the three disciples, don't tell anybody. And there's no indication that they mentioned anything, but because this girl had died, and then when they would see this girl outside, they said, oh my goodness, the people would have known something miraculous that had happened because they laughed at Jesus. They're laughing that we mentioned. They scorned him. They said, this girl is dead? And they looked at Jesus. Jesus does not know. What are you talking about? She's not dead. And the Bible says they laughed. Now as he moves on, Somehow we, come, we have to imagine that the crowd has now gathered again around Jesus. And we have, the Bible says, two blind men that cry out to Jesus. And again, let's read verse 27. And as Jesus passed on from there, from Jairus' and on the way, wherever he may have been heading, two blind men followed him crying aloud. Have mercy on us, son of David. Now, that's, this is the, the time where we see son of David. We see Bartimaeus also say son of David. This is the title for Jesus as Messiah. Now, I, have you noticed that there are some blind people that have very, very keen um, insight into things? Their, their senses seems to be heightened because of their lack of eyesight. Christ is not seen by the crowd. But these blind men call out and say, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, Messiah. How is it that the blind seem to know who Jesus is, but those who are walking around with him don't see it? In the description of Matthew, Matthew doesn't oftentimes give all the details. When we looked at Mark and Luke, they gave more details about Jairus' daughter. 
and even the woman with the issue of blood. So we have to just assume as Matthew hits the highlights of what Jesus does has, is doing, there's a lot that's happening here. But, but I, I want to just take you into this because sometimes we can just overlook some things. As we note here in this situation, as the men say, Jesus, son of David, this is Jesus' messianic title. This is the title that's given to him. And the people had been waiting for Jesus to come, the Messiah. There had been great anticipation. You know how some of y'all would go to concerts and wait in line three and four and five hours and take your sleeping bag sometimes? Y'all have done that? Oh, don't no, come on, y'all. Some of y'all have been in line for three hours for a concert. Y'all, some of y'all have been out there Target waiting for the iPhone to come out. Sleeping bag out there. Not none of y'all. And if I'm looking on the news to see some of y'all, I'm taking a picture of the screen. I'm going to get a screenshot. <laughs> this, this situation when there's somebody important, people want to notice. There, there's a, a desire to see what's going on, and there's this anticipation. These men somehow are able to identify Jesus even though they don't see him physically. And Jesus ignores them. Get me now. They cry out. Now get the scene. In my mind, I'm going to give you my imagination. Jesus is marching or is walking somewhere. The crowd is around. And as you notice that whenever Jesus has a crowd around, those with needs at times have a hard time getting through. They can't get to Jesus. And so as we have people around, I have to assume that maybe these blind men, as I had read in one part, that maybe they're behind the crowd because they can't see him. They must be tagging along, calling as the crowd is around him. They must be behind the crowd saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, son of David. The crowd hear, hears them say this. The title, Son of David, they, they know this is a title for Messiah. But how come they don't see it? They see the miracles. Why didn't these men go to the religious leaders? Why, why wait and go to Jesus? The religious leaders were the leaders. They didn't like Jesus. And if they were so great and powerful, why didn't these men go there? Because when someone great comes and you hear about someone great, you want to go there for the solution. And we have these men going to the person that they believe can help them. They give Jesus honor by calling him by his title, Son of David, Messiah. When Jesus is valued by people, they will also value the name that he has in his title. Got to imagine by these blind men calling out to Jesus that they may not be seeing him physically, but they can see that he has the power to heal them. Your eyesight can sometimes be a distraction. Because everything that you see is not what it appears to be. 
Everything that your eye beholds does not mean it's telling you the truth. What you look at does not mean that your mind is going to interpret it correctly. Some of us, some of you think you've seen something, and you've gone and say, and you've gone and told somebody something, and come to find out that it was wrong. It is much harder to pull back rumors that is already spread rather than than to, than to stop them before they get out there. So I'm going to caution you to pause first, based on what you think you see. Take inventory, make inspection before running out to say what you think your eyes have seen. Because your eyes don't always tell you the truth. But there's something sometimes behind the scenes that physically while your eyes can't see, there's something else going on in the background. And while many of these people are following Christ, they really don't see who he is. That's the way it is today. People really don't see Christ. What people oftentimes see, they see in their minds contradiction. They see in their minds that there's something that they're going to have to give up. They see in their minds that there's something that they're not going to want to do. They see in their minds and their eyes that this is not what they think they want to follow or someone they want to follow. But lo and behold, when they go further, they will come to find out that this is the very one and the very thing they've been looking for all along. I would have imagined that as these blind men have called out, they have already heard stories about this Jesus. And no matter how embarrassing it may have been, they cry out anyway. Now get this. Jesus son of David. Jesus, don't even stop. Now that's strange. When Jesus was oftentimes approached or someone called, he stopped. When Jairus came to him, he fell at his feet. Jesus, come, my daughter is very sick at the point of death. Jesus started walking with him and then was prevented. I said that was The appointment, it was a divine appointment that he had with this woman. You see, sometimes there is a delay with your prayers. And it's what you do in between the time of your request and by time Jesus answers. Some of you don't recognize and realize that when the request goes, sometimes God gives an answer, but there's a process before you see the results. And what it looks like, and when sometimes it doesn't look like anything's happening, a whole lot is happening. But you can't see it. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Jesus heard these men, but he ignores them. Keeps right on walking. There's no indication that Jesus stopped. Who called me? But when the woman touched him, didn't say a word, the tassel of his garment, He stopped. Who touched me? And Peter and the others, all these people around you, pressing up against you, trying to touch you. Who touched me? Jesus stopped for her. But there is a request now, and Jesus just seems to keep right on going. What do you do when Jesus doesn't stop when you call him? 
do, do you get upset? And not only does the Bible say that Jesus kept going, brings us to point number two. The ignoring of the request. As Jesus ignores this request, he goes into the house. He goes indoors. Now here you are calling Jesus, and he leaves you outside and goes into the house. Had y'all had really noticed, looked at this? The Bible says that he went into the house. It is believed that this is Peter's house. Remember when Jesus moved, his, moved to uh, Capernaum, uh, Peter had opened up his house, and that seemed to be his base of operation. Remember the paralytic man that was brought to Jesus, and they tore up the roof and let that man down? It's believed that it was Peter's house. When Jesus was often called to go, he went. But here, he doesn't stop. He keeps right on going and right into the house. Look, look at it, what it says. You can see it on the board. It's what it says. Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind man came to him. Now, no words from Christ. But there's action by Christ. He walks into the house. The crowd had been following him. The blind man follows him to the house. And they could have said, do you believe this? Jesus? Woohoo, Jesus. Can't see him. Uh, Jesus went into the house, fellas. He ain't paying y'all no attention. Wait a minute. I was calling him. Where people would stop the blind men don't now i don't know if they knocked on the door or they just walked right on in the bible says they came to where he was inside now isn't that interesting why did these men continue to pursue jesus because you see sometimes when the answer doesn't come and you don't get the response you got to keep going I, I've seen a lot of people that stop right before the answer is given. Do you not know? You don't know. Well, let me say this. You don't always know when the answer is coming. You may have to do one more thing before the answer comes. Sometimes it's five. But the answer is there. So if you know the answer is there, it really makes no difference how many more things you have to do because you know the answer has already been given. But the answer is not always yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes their answer is wait. In this case, the Lord was telling them, wait. Now, how much do you really want what you're asking me for? And so these men go into the house. Now, get this in mind as well. I, I have to surmise and, and believe that when they go into the house, just like Jesus had prevented the crowd from going with him, went into the house of Jairus and only took a few, that in this case, the same type of situation is occurring. Away from prying eyes. Away from the crowd that just wants to see. And he, and he, and he puts these men to the test. Now get this, when the men enter the house, there's an immediate response by Jesus. Not on the outside when everybody's coming, but as they pursued him and go into the house, there's immediate response. The Lord speaks to them, and this is what he said. 
Jesus said to them, after they came in, there's no delay, as they came to him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? The question that Jesus asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? You've called me. You didn't stop. You persisted, and you pursued me right into the house. Now, do you believe that I can do this? And their answer is yes. Now, they verbally called him by the title Messiah. Now, do you really believe what you've just said? There's a lot of people paying, paying, paying lip service to Jesus, but really don't believe it in their heart. They talk a good game, but they don't live it. They don't walk it out. So when Jesus says, do you now believe that I can do what you've called me, the Messiah? Now, do you really believe it? And they said yes, because their faith, you know what? Move past the crowd into the door, into the house, both of them. And they're welcomed by Jesus. Jesus said, what y'all doing here? Get out of here. He didn't say that. He responds to their question. He heard them on the outside. Because when they came into the house, do you believe that I can do this? He heard him. I know some of y'all think Jesus doesn't hear you. I, I, I love that commercial. I mean, well, it's not a commercial. I don't watch the show, but that kid, mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mama, mama, mom, mom. What? Hi. <laughs> like a little kid, you know, he ain't got really nothing to say. Hi. Jesus hears you when you call. But there's something that's required of you. There has to be persistence. There has to be a pursuing. Hmm. Where are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing to follow Jesus into the private areas? That's where it's only you and him? Or do you always need a crowd around you? you? Do you worship the Lord privately as well as corporately? Do you pursue the Lord so that you can get a word from him so that you can then follow and obey what he says? Or or do you need a crowd to urge you on? These men didn't need the crowd. They went inside and they got they got the response from the Lord. You see if your face stops you at the door and you are unwilling to go inside, you may not be healed. The door is not a barrier for you not to go through. It is basically a way of saying, come on in. Revelation 3.20. I stand and knock, Jesus says. Knock, I knock, I knock. Anybody that comes to me, anybody that knocks, I'll come in and sup with him. Not only with, well, I, but my Father. Holy Spirit, we'll come in, we'll come in and sup with the person that opens the door. These men go inside. They get the response. They get what they ask for. But get this what Jesus says. By your faith. According to your faith. It's going to be done. Their faith is seen in the idea and the fact that they were willing to pursue Jesus. Even when he didn't respond on the outside. They were willing to pursue the course with Christ on the inside and got what they wanted. Sometimes you got to pursue Christ when you're in pain, when you really need something. You see, blindness back in these days, 
A lot of people were blind. And many of the miracles that Christ did, of the 33 miracles that he did, and the healings that he performed, in every case of blindness, you find Jesus touching the individuals, but in different ways. Blindness is one of those things to where it was often mentioned, blindness. And the stories where it talks about the blindness, and then you find when the Bible talks about and Jesus healed many that came to him, blindness is mentioned in different areas. You see, there's a blindness that the Bible often speaks about spiritually. But the condition of people back in these days, it was very significant. Many people slept outdoors. So from the wind, the sun, all of these things are the elements. They didn't have the medical care. Many people became blind because of the condition and what was happening. Not every condition was from the fact that they were born blind, but there is a story that we'll get to eventually one day where it speaks of the man that was born blind. We'll spend some time later developing and breaking that story down. But when you think about blindness, you think about this matter here. Many people at one time could see Jesus brings healing. Third point, and I'll be out, the healing and the halting, the healing and the halting, H-A-L-T-I-N-G. Jesus asks these men, these men a question. Now, these men have just called Jesus by the title of Messiah, as I've mentioned, all right? And now they, they are put to the test. When you come to Christ, he will often put you to the test. Don't think you're going to come to Christ and not have the test. Don't think you're going to come to Christ and everything's going to be hunky-dory and peaches and cream. No, no, no. It's not that way all the time. Sometimes it isn't. A lot of times it's not. When you come to the Lord, you're often going to be tested. And you're going to be tested in the area where you have your hardest time or where, you're, where, you, where you have your most difficulty. I told y'all, you ain't got to test me with no peas, no lima beans. I don't like them. <laughs> Come said, ooh, we're having beans, peas tonight. Mmm, yummy. That's no test to me. Bring out some apple pie. Bring out some some ice cream, some some what's that pralines and what pralines and cream? Yeah, now we may have a problem there. Peas, lima beans? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I, that is no tempt, no, no temptation at all. You are going to be tempted and tried often in the areas where you are struggling. Now Satan wants you to be tried so that you fall. He wants to tempt you to the point of just wherever your weakness is, I don't know, no point in going back to church. No point in, no point in pursuing. Satan never has anything good to offer you. It may look good at the beginning, but behind there, his, his, his prize, what it seems to be, is always pain and heartache. Always. But in the healing, Jesus gives a command by your faith, and then he tells them, do not tell people what happened? Now, I would like to think this as I mentioned. One of the things I, as, as I finish up, if I had been, if I had been hearing about a man that was healing, and no, and I knew that the Messiah was to come, I think I would like to think that I would do some research to go find out. Wait a minute, is this? The Messiah that was to come? Is there anybody else that the, that the history and that we have been waiting for that's doing the things that this man is doing? I, I think I would have wanted to go pursue that and look it up and be able to see, wait a minute. I, I, I want to make sure this seems to be the one that we're waiting for. Nobody is doing what he's doing. But we don't oftentimes... 
find people willing to do that. Huh. Do you believe I can heal? Yes. According to your faith, don't say anything. Go. The Bible says they did what? They went away and spread his fame throughout all that area or district. Don't tell others what happened. We have said before, your happiness, your excitement should never lead you to disobey God. In the healing, we have a disobedience from these two men. All that God has has been doing, he told them, don't tell anybody about this. And what they do as soon as they left? Before the healing could even really be acknowledged by relatives. Man, I'm telling everybody, everybody outside the door. Man, Jesus just put his hands on us and he healed us. He's right inside. Y'all going in? He told them, don't tell anybody. You see, when the Lord does a work for you, it's not for everybody to know at certain times. But see, the reason why Jesus had to halt, because Jesus had a ministry to carry out. He had people to deal with and touch. You see, if, if, if he's only known by the healing and the Messiah is here, people would have been coming demanding certain things. It's not time, my timing. No, not you. You go tell. No, not you. And, and so one of the things that we always got to remember, Jesus knows what he's talking about, what he's doing. You, you, you don't have a right to decide to disobey God because you get excited. Just because you get zeal, you don't have the right to do the opposite of what the Lord has told you to do. But he healed me. I was just so excited. Sometimes I like to test kids. I put something there. No, don't you touch that. Okay. Don't you touch that Oreo cookie there. They sitting there. Don't keep looking at it now. <laughs> the Lord does not always move the problem that you're going to be dealing with. There's something that you have to do. My parents, when I was growing up, we had with some some rock candy. I just I used to steal some sometimes, then sometimes I'd get some and find. But I used to go into the room and steal it. See, and I came out of the room. It was in this aluminum can. It was a big can. It's rock candy. You remember that rock candy behind the door, Ronnie? You remember that candy they had? So I come out my room tiptoeing. And I go into their room, and they had to, they had to be careful because they had that red shack carpet. So you close, pull the door, you can always hear it even downstairs. So I put it real slow <laughs> just to reach behind the door. And then that, that can, it, it had a sharp top. You had to be careful because it made noise sometimes you're going into it. So I'm reaching my hand down in it and get some candy out of there. On occasion, I heard, is somebody in my room? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tiptoe out. Not in there, going to the bathroom, come on back. Oh, I did that many a times. <laughs> they probably start wondering, how come this candy going down? Because not only was I doing it, all of us was doing it. <laughs> Everybody. 
and coming out there, I've got some candy in your room, go in and get some. I'm good. <laughs> Just got some anyway. <laughs> We've got to be careful not doing what we're supposed to do. I don't care how excited you might be because something that you really see. You see, when God does something in your life and says, hold it for now, you've got a responsibility to hold it. You see, when God blesses us, for many people, I will say this. When the Lord blesses many people, it is, it is seen in the way how people continue. When God blesses or saves and doesn't work, when a person doesn't continue in what God has done for them, it shows that they really don't appreciate what God has done in their lives. You see, because oftentimes once the excitement has died down, it becomes a matter of really not the excitement, but just being obedient to God. If the Lord is able to bring you through, he's able to keep you. He told these men, don't tell anybody. There was a halting that the Lord put to them. He, he blessed them, but he said, don't say anything. But in their excitement, they went and spread. Remember this. Just because you get excited, you can't do the opposite of what the Lord tells you to do. And so their question was, oh, my bad, Lord, were we really supposed to keep quiet? Yes, you were supposed to keep quiet. Today, we have a lot of people in the society who have been blessed by God but they are not honoring God by how they live. Today we have a lot of people where God has shown his hand of mercy and provision, but how we live is not honoring to him. The way that we show God that we love and honor him is because we are obeying what he says. If these two men, after, have, after being healed, had listened and followed. Oh, man, how glorious that would be. They were healed, but there was a problem in the area. You can't, you, you can't be blessed and then decide at the same time to not do what he says, not to follow his word. So here's the thing. You are healed, and then comes the following, and we follow what the Lord says according to the word of God. When the Lord speaks, we have a responsibility to obey. And I want to stress that to you today, that there is healing and then there is continued obedience to what he says. We have to remember. That's okay. That's all you got. <laughs> it's one of our mothers, so we, we can accept that. <laughs> Your medicine, well, that's a good thing. You go right on and take your medicine. As we conclude, I'm going to ask you to do something this week, and not only this week. I want you to ponder and want to think about, are you living in obedience to the Lord? Has the Lord touched you and blessed you, and now are you obeying him in how you live? Are you obeying what the Lord has called you and told you to do? Are you obeying him? Please stand to your feet.
Today, Lord, we are praying that as we have noticed that these blind men came to you and they persisted. That's a good thing. But they left in disobedience because they then didn't do, they didn't do what you said. So, Lord, as we come to you, help us then to get your instructions and then to turn and then do what you have called us to do. That's where the real blessing is and how the blessings continue. We praise you. We love you. We do honor you and we thank you for your wonderful goodness. And as we leave this place, carry us forth in your love and mercy. We'll be careful to give you all the glory in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.